Do you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear, now it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it at the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man, I'm sorry. You know what, I'm not sorry about that, but you're not going to do it anyway. So, go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hey everybody, welcome to Elseworlds Exchange, I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. Uh, so this is a little bit of a redemption slash part two episode of a previous episode of Elseworlds Exchange, which by the way, you can find a link to in the description box below this video. This is hero. This is Villains Turned Heroes Volume 2, because Volume 1 was done in August of 2017, and basically we went down this list of Hero of uh, villains who had become heroes, and we're talking about uh, the circumstances by which they became heroes, and how long they stayed in that role, or how good they were at it. And it was a lot of fun, but we were being bombarded by a major tropical storm at the time, and we got yep. really hard, uh, and it really messed up all the internet stuff we got going on here. And thankfully, I'm happy to say we got some flurries outside, but not Ooh. snow, and <laughs> not a big deal, and we shouldn't have any issues knock any kind of wood that there is out there uh to you know uh say we're gonna be fine and we're just so we're gonna it's not we're not gonna cover those old uh topics that we did before mm. because we did it i mean if you want to catch that episode it's an episode it really exists and there's really a big list mm -hmm. joel thought it was just captain america but it turns out we actually covered infamous iron man magneto rogue deadpool punisher paladin shade from starman deathstroke and even lex luther so I got an even bigger list to, to go down about villains that turned into heroes. Very, I'm very excited about this one. Mm -hmm. um, before we get started, I know we're we're still getting started, but uh, I want to uh, introduce the show in a way, being like saying like, so uh, what we like to do is we'll we'll go down this list, we'll, we'll 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 swap stories, share our opinions, but we'll also be acknowledging the chat in the form of super chats. And the reason we do that is because it helps keep the channel alive. Uh, Boy, so, does it. Yeah, so, uh, and that's the only reason also because it's hard to distinguish, like, the, the, the ever-scrolling chat. You guys are talking in there. It's great, and I'm, I love seeing that conversation going on, and occasionally I'll, like, sneak a, sneak a peek in there. But uh, for the most part, Danielle's going to handle the chat, and if you have a super chat question you want to ask, simply throw it out there, and we will acknowledge them as we go through the show. Um, I guess that's it. That's all the housekeeping I needed to do. Um, yeah. Let's jump into it. So, uh, Joel... When you suggested this episode, because we were talking about doing redemptions for a bunch of different yeah. ideas, we were talking about how uh, this being a spirit, the season of giving, mm -hmm. uh, why not give back and do a show every week that we promised to do yes. over the three or four years of this show's history? God, has it been that long? 150 plus episodes? Seriously, we did actually hit our 150th episodes uh, two episodes ago, I believe. Uh, yeah, zero fanfare. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? Like now we're like an old comfortable chair that hopefully mm. you visit every week. Uh, if not, then we're gonna have to throw the chair out and make a new chair. And, <laughs> you know, really like upset the apple cart. But that being said, 
Um, we we thought you know it's been 150 episodes. It's this it's the season of giving and sharing and and and, oh, yeah. and reflection. So let's finally do it. Let's 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 do some of those like sequel episodes or some redemption episodes that we promised we'd do but never did. They have unfinished business and now they're gonna finish it. That's right. It's happening. Uh, so villains turned heroes, volume two. Well, uh, Joel, uh, when you pitched this idea, who did you think about? Who who was somebody that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Uh, hmm. Yeah. I, I, again, because you know that was the only episode that I think we almost came close to losing due to technical difficulties. And it's funny, you know, when I pitched the episode as opposed to when it is now, we've actually had way more heroes turn villains in that short amount of time. It's true. I, I I think a big one, one that we can open with, because I think it's a book that we're both really enjoying. Uh, Doctor Fate has become a bad guy now in Justice League Dark. Yeah, that's interesting. Now that being said, I mean, like. <sighs> Nabu has always been kind of a dick. He has been. His morality, as he always says, is above you petty humans' comprehension. Yeah. And I guess it makes sense to make fate into a bad guy. Or it to well, cause it's that this is a hero turned villain. Yeah. So it, it makes sense because what the hell are you gonna do with Dr. Fate? Nobody knows what the hell to do with him anymore. It's true. It's it's really, really rough for them, isn't it? Every time you want to do something cool with Dr. Fate, you then remember, right. He's because he's not a comparable Doctor Strange allegory. Mm, no, because magic a, works such differently. Very different, and he also like he has a dope costume, and that's kind of the thing. It was like I was thinking about how fate reflects Doctor Strange in terms of being like okay. So I remember when they were trying to make Strange relevant in the '90s, and they gave him a cool costume that actually wound up making him more crappy. It's yep. the inverse of Doctor, with Dr. Fate, where it's like, if you get rid of the helmet and you try to, like, humanize Fate, he gets kind of boring. So you got to do something with that helmet and make him cool. I guess make him a, making him a villain isn't the worst idea you could do. It's true. And, you know, he's a complicated foe, at least. He's like, hey, I'm playing chess on the magical scale while the rest of you are all playing checkers on this one. Sure, <laughs> you'll hate me now, but what I'm doing is ultimately for the greater good. Yes, exactly. The greater good. Um, it's an interesting idea. I, I anything that gets me to be able to read this character for any length of time is something to be commended because I just think he's kind of boring. <laughs> he he sure can be, and they've tried to you know reinvent him. You know, like fate. What if he had a cool onk tattoo and a knife, or even the like young Egyptian fate that they did, which I really appreciate. James Tynan paid reference to that guy and being like, yeah, there was a new hip young fate. <laughs> But he's gone now. Right. Yes, I do remember them doing the hip young fate. And let's not also forget the 90s fate. Mm -hmm. uh, just called fate. Just called fate. And he is a he is a famous bowl of mistakes from the 90s. If you've ever not seen fate, I will pull up a picture of him and share it with you because it is something to behold. I If, o if, if only there was any collection of fate stories that like is an easy <laughs> fine trade, we might have covered it on back issues at some point. But as That'd as, be pretty sick. As I can't think of one, uh, I'll just have to result to showing it to you on the Elseworlds Exchange, and there he is in all his glory. I got a scar and a knife. I got a scar, I got a knife, I got like... Maybe you know it's 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 one sleeve, but the other sleeve is just bandages because I'm so <laughs> awesome. I've got I've got onk throwing stars or throwing daggers. What? Because you got to throw them. What a disaster! So really, this is not the first time that Doctor Fate has been completely upturned. It's true. It's been a number of times. 
Uh, and I'm sure we'll see it upturned many times more. No doubt, because I don't know if this is enough to save Dr. Fate. I don't know what is. I, I guess know. we'll see. I don't know. Um, so, apropos the discussion of villains that have decided to take up a life of heroism, there's one character that I think of who I'll always think of as, like, wasn't weren't they a bad guy? Like, but there are, there are more people long, like, there are more people now who think, who've never known her to be a villain at all. And that's mm. Emma Frost. That's true. And man, even just in the last couple of years, has her morality switched on and off from being the one masterminding the Inhumans versus X-Men war to everyone just kind of forgiving her to selling out or to helping sell out the mutant community to evil Steve Rogers during the Secret Empire to just now retaking over the Hellfire Club and christening herself the new Black Queen. Yes, which is very in keeping with the direction of the X-Men franchise right now. Mm -hmm. this new, what you remember and liked is back. Uh, I think they've pretty much done everything they could with Emma in terms of being a hero at this point. So yeah. why not roll her back? The fact is, she's had, what, 20 years of at being, least. like, if not a headmaster of some Xavier school, then some kind of, like, do-gooder who's been on the side of the angels. And so why not do the Hellfire Club thing all over again? I mean, she practically tried to turn the X-Men into her own private Hellfire Club as it is. So yep. why not go in that direction? And I just like the Hellfire Club as a concept and a third option in the never-ending battle of, oh, do you pledge Xavier School or do you pledge Brotherhood? Nah, I pledge frilly shirts and hedonism. Yeah, I hate the Hellfire Club. I've always I know you. of them. They're We've such, had this conversation. I know we have. Yeah, they're such douchebags. But That's uh, why I love them. But she's, but she's a really compelling – she turned into a really compelling character. And I hope <laughs> that her turn from villain to hero back to villain – doesn't diminish her character. I hope we see some exploration of her because there's no question that Cyclops is coming back and there's no way that she does Oh, he's already back. Yeah. Is he already back? He's officially back already? He's, they've already said, hey, Matthew Rosenberg's right in the next arc of Uncanny when this is done and they just showed adult Scott there. Oh, I know that we've seen like pictures of him. I know there's that image, there's that teaser of him like holding the ashes of the X-Men, mm. but like not technically back yet, but when I think it's fine. I think it's final episode or final issue of extermination. He'll officially be back. Works for me. But when he does come back, there's no way that Emma's not going to like freak out because oh yeah, she's always been in love with him. Like always hung up on him. It's funny because like I've seen nary a whisper about Scott from Gene since the Phoenix miniseries about how it's Jean, true. What was it uh, when Gene took over as Phoenix and she resurrected Scott and then killed him again? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's been kind of the last time I've heard any like mention of him. The rest of the time I've seen Gene just in her terrible '90s costume. Why, well, you know, trying to be a character. I never thought about that until you mentioned it. Meanwhile, Emma Frost is endlessly hung up on Scott. Tried to kill the Inhumans because of Scott. Wouldn't it be funny? You remember, like, because the, the 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 moment that I always think of is I think it's from Astonishing X Men where she says like, you know, best body money can buy, you know. Uh, Money galore, super psychic powers, leader of the X-Men, but I still rank just below a corpse. Oh. It'd be funny if Emma's become the Cyclops of that universe. Like, now mm. she's, like, all hung up on him. No one will be able to stack up to the That'd be interesting. With a legacy of Cyclops. I want to know what's up with the Stepford Cuckoos, because obviously they have such an interesting and complex relationship with Emma Frost and if she's a bad guy now does that mean they have to pledge bad guy now too I assume so um, also because 
They weren't in the X-Men books in the 90s and everything that was an X-Men book in the 90s is coming back. Lockheed, you know he's back. <laughs> like it's all Absolutely. Back. Legion is back in a Legion. big way. Oh, Jesus, Legion. Legion was <laughs> representative of mistakes for me, but yeah. You know what I love? Legion is back, but no word on if Charles Xavier is coming back. Wouldn't it be crazy if they keep Legion around and he becomes their Professor X moving forward? kind of cool. I'd be okay with that. Especially, I mean, like, where is Xavier... He need like we need something occupying that role that wasn't in a, a, a son that looks like him from Bendis. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited either way. Last time I checked, Xavier was running around in Phantom X's body, calling himself Mister X, and he was kind of being evil. Yeah, but I also think that sucks, and that's not <laughs> Professor X for me. Um, just like I remember what was it when he came back when they flipped Red Skull. And oh yeah. They, this is during the Axis era, everybody, and uh, people were like, "Xavier's back." See, I'm like, "No, that's not back. <laughs> He's trapped that, in this person's body." That's a ghost. <laughs> yeah, that's a ghost. That's a psychic ghost. Uh, <laughs> before we jump into the next character, I wanted to jump into the super chats and just talk about that for a minute. Uh, Michael the Third, Salon Joe, your channels and content make my long work days better. Oh, thank you. And here's a little something to keep you going. Well, thank you, Michael. We means a lot. You listening to us and checking us out and keeping the you know keeping your 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 comicdom alive while you're dealing with the work days. Um, Blue Chicken Gaming. Literally all of the Thunderbolts and Suicide Squad are villains turned heroes. This is true. Yeah. I almost put the Thunderbolts on there because like the Thunderbolt and I'm talking about like Citizen V and mm. like those people. But for the most part, like, did they all become heroes or did they just kind of like play lip service? Like, not all. I can't say the the whole team became heroes see i would argue if you're on the suicide squad or you're on the thunderbolt you're you're an anti-hero is what you are you don't you don't go full hero till you join one of the official hero teams you're kind of half-assing it on one of those yeah that's that's fair that's fair like you're still doing bad stuff you just might be doing bad stuff for good reason or bad stuff for a bad reason but you know your boss is the government yeah Taylor Pester, sorry to throw out one right away, but Black Adam, I loved him on the JSA in mm. his arc in New 52, which introduced Isis and Osiris. Yeah. Yeah. Black Adam is a big character that definitely represents the spirit of this show. Um, I've always considered Black Adam to be a villain, but by and large, he's more of an anti-hero now. Uh, yeah. Defender of a country, uh, certainly his methods are extreme and violent and abhorrent, but... He is a dictator, but, you know, he keeps the trains running on time. The trains running on time. Uh, some might consider him to be a hero. Not me, which is why he's not on my list, but I digress. <laughs> I uh, mean, maybe if we lived in Kondok, we'd feel differently. This is true. Yeah, exactly. But if I were living in Kondok at that time, I'd probably move. Yeah, wouldn't we all? It seems like bad stuff happens here every week. Right? Billy Deli, hey, TV Little, I mean Comic Pop. <laughs> Huge fan, been watching a long time. First time catching live. Just want to say your channels are awesome. Well, thank you very much, Billy. Oh. Uh, and hey, good uh, good deep dive for the TV Little House stuff. That just got us in trouble, actually, because uh, we, did a, we did a couple of videos over on Comic Story, and they're great episodes, uh, full discussions on the RMBE type show. Uh, go check those out if you have a chance. Um, but uh, the link to me was youtube.com slash user slash comic pop which is not us that's oh. youtube.com slash user slash tv little house or oh, youtube.com slash comic pop uh tried to resolve that with youtube and they were basically saying we're dropping the user thing anyway we're not going to do anything about it classic youtube but tv little house is definitely like those were some fun days wild west of our channel 
uh, DJ Summers, 150 <laughs> episodes. Congratulations and early congratulations on 75,000 subscribers. Thank you very much, DJ. Yeah, 152 episodes. Hey, 52. Hey. Uh, so let's jump in to some more characters. Uh, somebody asked this in the chat, and I was I, it was early enough where I was able to add him to the list. Joel, what, what do you think uh, about Darkseid on Justice League Odyssey? I haven't read enough of it to really make a claim on it. I know he's trying to be like, hey, I'm forming a team to fight stuff worse than myself, but I don't think it's going to stick, though. I think he's being Emperor Palpatine, and he's yeah. dressing like him, too. Uh, the... I don't understand DC's obsession with ruining really, really solid time-tested designs with I know. overly complicated, like flash in the pan, current modernity like designs. Darkseid looks like a friggin' idiot. Yeah, Darkseid looked perfect before. Why would you mess with such a perfect design? I don't know. I, I well, that was like when he first showed up in Justice League Origin for the New Fifty Two, and, and he had all this extra shit. Like, it's the same deal with Superman when he has armor on. His skin's the armor. Darkseid. He wears a tunic. Why? Because he doesn't need to wear armor. Yeah. He's made of tougher stuff. It's change for change's sake, and I don't like it. I don't like that. No, it has to be justifiable. Uh, but it also can't be... It's got, you gotta walk that line. You can't... You have it to be justified, but not, like, stupid. Like, for example, remember when Daredevil got a new costume and it was armor? It was oh, armor. yeah. And it's like, no, I need to be tougher. I need to be more durable. And it's like, true. But aren't but, you a ninja? Yeah, but aren't you a ninja? And he's like, yeah, but to be fair, I am blind and I don't know what the suit looks like. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I designed it myself, I can tell. Yeah, well, it looks really good. <laughs> um, another character that I don't know if this even counts, but people have certainly mentioned it a number of times. Um, is a is a villain turned hero is uh, Electra Nachos. She did kill people. She was a professional assassin, which is not good. Oh, total villain. I'd say she's she was always like at some point or, or another a villain. My question is, was she always a hero, or was she an antihero? Again, you see, I even think at her best, she still pledges antihero. Because how many times will she show up and then just leave? She's very self-serving. Okay. She loves Matt, and that's a redeeming quality of hers. But she is ultimately at ultimately at the end of the day pretty damn volatile. True. Uh, even though if you read the Marvel Knights series, she's definitely one of the few Marvel Knights characters that has awakened and is, yeah. I guess, definitely on the hero's side. But which which is what makes her story so fascinating is that she's the one who doesn't want to remember the world as it was. She's like, look, I saw these scars, and I'm guessing that probably means I was a shitty person who lived a shitty life before. Yeah, you were not wrong, Electra. Good call. Which is fascinating because you never see that in amnesia stories. The whole I don't want to remember, maybe forgetting is kinder. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's very Shutter Island. Mm. Um, you know who was a villain – who turned into a hero and has never really swung back. And I'm kind of surprised by it. And it, it seemed like they were going to go in this direction during, uh, during the event age of Ultron, but they never went there. Uh, the vision. Yeah. Yeah. Good old, good old vision there. Yeah. Created by a villain, the son of a villain built to destroy, discovered his robo humanity. <laughs> yep. And then never turned back, but for a minute was a villain technically created as a villain. I, don't, mm -hmm. I wonder if he was created as a as a as a hero. I wonder if they were like, no, I want to do, I want to make him a good guy. Like, but I want him to fight the Avengers first. Yeah. But uh, he could all he he could definitely you could go in that direction. I mean, like, look at uh, the Vision miniseries by Tom King. 
Yeah. That series, you could it could have been an amazing supervillain origin story for Vision, where you're like, I get it, I'm in, and he is a bad guy, and we're just gonna have to deal with that forever. But like, they've never really crossed that line. He never swung no. around. But uh, man, I think if he was a villain, he could definitely like pick apart the Avengers without he, any like. You, you flip his switch and he is pretty terrifying and you got to think Ultron's a little overused at this point. Yeah. Vision ain't overused. Right? And you get to keep those Ultron stories because dude's the son of Ultron. Yeah. Be kind of cool. Hey, th- there's your villainous book right there, Vision, Son of Ultron. Vision, Son of Ultron. That's a great title for a book and it distinguishes fr- from the other Vision books that have been. Yes. I think there's two volumes of Vision. This is, this is the superior Vision. This is the sinister Vision. Yeah. This is one that I, I think is odd because I'm like, was she, I mean, when she was created, she was not created as a villain. But aren't her origins rooted in villainy? Natasha Romanov. Yes. A, a spy, a Russian spy, no less, created at the height of the Cold War. Exactly. Yeah. A murderer, a spy, a thief, an assassin. Saboteur. A saboteur. Uh... You know, just because when she shows up in Marvel Comics, she was meant to be a hero, or at least the very like at least she was supposed to be like a character we sympathize with who teams up with our heroes. Isn't that really like is aren't her origins from villainy? There's a lot of Avengers that have their uh origins in villainy when you stop and think about it. When we were compiling this list, one thing that struck me was how many Marvel characters way more than DC. And I and it's not necessarily just because like we dig Marvel. I think it's I think it's a it's a testament to the mantra and the like lifeblood of Marvel characters, where it's like they're humans, they're people, they are they are flawed. And when it comes to these types of characters, like it's it's a great opportunity. To, it really is to make a hero out of a villain, or to make a hero from somebody who could easily turn to villainy. I mean. Just looking at the villains that work so well in Marvel Comics, and even in DC Comics, but we're talking about Marvel in this particular mm. case, the ones who are the best are sympathetic. The ones yeah. that can justify their actions in some way. And, and isn't it more admirable to see a person start off on the wrong side, doing the wrong thing, but then grow and change and evolve and learn, oh, what I was doing was wrong, I need to do it differently. Exactly. So in that regard, yeah, I think, number one... Uh, Black Widow definitely counts, but number two, you're gonna see more Marvel villains turned heroes because that's just the that's just the core of the character, nature of the beast. Exactly. Uh, Even Eddie Brock Venom started off as a bad guy and now is a good guy again. It's true. Venom. I mean, like, it's hard to imagine. It's funny for two or three different generations of people. It's hard to imagine Venom being a villain or being a hero. Like, yeah. Depending on what era you were reading Spider-Man and Venom comics. So true. So, I mean, absolutely. And, and and by the way, if you ever thought you were you were going to see Venom kind of become an official hero or a villain again, think again because that movie no. so well. Shocking. He will all I know. He will always be a a a hero from here on out. Um, yeah. But definitely uh, hero turned or villain turned hero. Dude was originally in every respect, a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Sympathetic, oh, yeah. in his own way, maybe depending. It was sympathetic when he like when he would reluctantly kill people. He'd be like, "Oh, this sucks! I can't believe I have to do this." But like his origin, no, I'm not. 
oh no, I'm a crappy reporter and I mm. screwed up and now I'm a bad guy and I justify murdering people because I have a god complex. That's yeah. not very sympathetic. But it no, is, it isn't. But it is the makings of a of a of a relatable character that like and you can believe in. Yeah, and also two other writers would come back and try and spin it and be like, oh, well, he had an abusive home life and he had this, that, and the other thing, which are always easy go-tos in trying to help justify villainous behavior. Oh, absolutely. Well, plus you could also argue, like, you know, the symbiote has something to do with it a little bit. Uh, and then, and then you you know, maybe, maybe Eddie isn't the hero, but the symbiote is because the symbiote's kind of sympathetic, you know? <laughs> The symbiote has grown and changed a lot, too, hanging out with Flash Thompson. It's like, well, maybe I don't want to eat brains anymore. Maybe I want to be a good hero and be in a healthier, more rewarding relationship with you, Flash. Right? Yeah. If if uh, if, if Eddie hasn't grown, certainly the symbiote has. Yeah. Um, jumping into the Super Chats again, Blue Chicken Gaming sitting Venom and Doc Ock, my favorites. Love y'all. I'm glad mm. we talked about Venom. We will talk about Doc Ock in a minute. But, uh, oh, yes. But you brought him up. Cam uh, says they've been redeeming Boomerang in Amazing Spider-Man recently. They really have. Don't get too comfortable with that idea because I don't think we're going in that direction with Boomerang. I think Spencer's <laughs> got another ace up his sleeve or a Boomerang I in don't, pocket. I don't know. I think Spencer likes uh, Boomerang a whole lot, but also understands that he's a piece of shit at the end of the day, and that's the true tragedy of his character. He will always sabotage his own happiness. Exactly. I, I don't think Boomerang will ever be a true hero. I think he'll get n close enough to Spider-Man to hurt him. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly what he's going to do. And then that'll be the sad moment of the cops pulling him away and Spider-Man being like, why? You know, why, Fred? Why did you do this? It's in my nature. Yeah, because that's who I am, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Gabriel Torbo, uh, don't you guys think that the heel and face turns should be a common thing in comics as it is they in are. wrestling? I think it could they make, really are. Yeah, I think it can make the continuity very interesting and will keep uh, casual fans coming back. Um, I guess, uh, I find pro wrestling to be boring and derivative, but like, uh, I don't begrudge those who enjoy it. And I definitely see the parallels between pro wrestling and comics. Um, and I definitely see a huge crossover in those two fandoms. I mean, the thing too about to compare wrestling and comics, because there are some comparisons to be made, both long form stories, both have events, colorful heroes and villains heroes and costumes. Yep, exactly. I think the thing with wrestling, too, is you need good guys to go bad and bad guys to go good more consistently in wrestling because you maybe only have a roster of so many guys. So for it to make sense, you can't have good guys fighting good guys and bad guys fighting bad guys. So you need to find a reason for someone to hit someone else with a chair. But like, no, let me tell you yeah, about I, why I went to the dark side. I think it's more about I think it's more comparable to like a soap opera. Where, Very much where so. Where any anyone can become bad and anyone can become good. And of course, I've seen the parallels between comics and soap operas as well. But mm. uh, but I think that's a more uh, apt comparison. And in comics, too, you can always invent a new bad guy for that week, too. Exactly. You can't always sign a new contract with a new dude. Exactly. That's the problem. Joshua Wright, speaking of people who keep turning, Doctor Doom and Magneto, two of my favorite comic characters in general. Dude, Yo. those are top of the list, but they were also referenced in our first episode, which you can find in the description box below this video. So check. Didn't want to retread ourselves. Yeah, we didn't want to uh, do any duplicates because those who saw that episode, they're gonna be like, "I saw this episode." Those who haven't, you can now find a new episode. We talk about that at length. Um, Elseworld Exchange is not in reruns yet. That's right. George J., thinking about villains that have gone hero, Craven briefly became Spider-Man at the end of Last Hunt. It was just to prove a point, but he still performed heroic acts. Arguably, that's true. He did rescue Mary Jane during uh, Craven's Last Hunt. I think that was more... Uh, he immediately stopped. Yeah. I think that was more him proving to himself that he could be better than Spider-Man. 
And so, because Spider-Man does heroic things, he's like, I gotta do that too. He did it. He's like, okay, clearly I'm, I'm the best. I'm amazing at it. I'm done. He, he was proving a selfish point. He didn't do it out of the goodness of his heart. Yes. I also, which, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, which in fairness, that's how Doc Ock started as this superior Spider-Man to try and prove a point that I'm better than you, I'm superior. But by the end, he learned what true heroism was all about. It's about being selfless and giving of yourself. That's the true understanding of the Spider-Man character if you, you know, are going to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, am not the biggest Craven fan. I love Craven's Last Hunt. I don't like anything they've done with Craven. If I could pick two characters I could kill, if you were referring to our episode of the Weekly Poll, where somebody mm. asked us if you could become editor-in-chief and kill any character or keep them dead, Craven be my other one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a sad road for Craven, has it? He's had some funny little bits there, like when he showed up in Squirrel Girl for a minute, when he showed up fighting Rocket Raccoon. Right, and he, and he lends himself to that concept of like, oh, we need a jungle character, we'll use Craven. But at the same time, like, has it ever been as good as the last story he was in before he died? You know, no. Like, has any Craven story been worth a damn since he died? Like, and even then, like they've been, they've introduced his son and his wife and his family and Calypso and arguably like one of the best-selling Spider-Man comics of all time was when they introduced like the chick that Craven was banging on the side in Spider-Man Torment. Like Craven can have a legacy and have his impact felt. Without having to bring back Craven the Hunter. Mm. He's back now, though. Grim Hunt sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Grim Hunt's... It's no last hunt. No. Uh, Jeremy Dennis reminds me of a character that I wanted to bring up. Uh, he says, um, IDW turned Megatron good and into a pacifist a few years ago. And it's oh. a nice take on him and how he can be redeemed. And it's very true. Hmm. They turned Megatron into an Autobot, which is something I never thought anyone would ever do oh. or that I could ever see. I did not know that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, I don't know if I could ever buy Megatron becoming an Autobot just by virtue of the amount of atrocities he's committed. Yeah, it's a little rough. But it's one of those things where it's like, if Optimus vouches for him, I guess that's fine. Plus, he manages to do some really cool things, and it was a great, fun exploration of the character. So I'm, I'm glad it, they did it. And is not Optimus all about forgiveness and trying to mend fences and, you know, if we just kill the Decepticons, are we not just as bad as them? Should we not try and work for a better world where we can all live together? Precisely. Um, another uh, quintessential Marvel character, even though he has a derivative name, is Wonder Man. Yeah, people forget Wonder Man started out as an antagonist, too. That's right. Bad guy turned good guy. Uh, you'll see this trend a lot. And I think we mentioned it actually in an upcoming episode of Back Issues, which comes out tonight. Uh, it's an Ooh. Avenger story. It's a quintessential Avenger story, but it also features Wonder Man. Um, but it's this concept of bad guy uh, fights the Avengers, sees how cool the Avengers are, <laughs> stops being a bad guy, joins the Avengers. <laughs> Not bad. It's literally like everybody, like Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, Wonder Man, uh, Hawkeye, Captain Marvel, Hawkeye. Uh, Valerie Vector, you know, there's a million characters that, like in, in the Avengers are basically made up of those characters. The Vision is that, uh, but Wonder Man is no exception. Wonder Man, however, I think he was a villain. He was a villain for like maybe an issue or two. It's true. He his his time as a villain was very short lived. Yeah. Um, for that matter, by the way, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, members of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, a mutant terrorist group. Their father's Magneto. Yep. Founding, practically founding members of the Avengers. I think issue 16 of the Avengers. 
Mm-hmm. It's when they become Avengers, not long before they replace Iron Man. <laughs> crazy to think. Crazy to think. And while we've seen their tendencies to be jerks, they've yes. really gone full-blown villain again. Uh, no, the Quicksilver will flirt with the idea of rejoining his father. He might play double agent for a little bit. Right. And, of course, you've got your House of M's and your and your decimations and whatnot. But, that, uh, too. But those are more, like, selfish acts of people who are desperate and terrible as opposed to people who are, like... Um, evil. Evil, yes. Like, straight-up bad guys. Uh, so, yeah. Um, let's talk about some DC characters, though. Here's let's. a DC character that... When people talk about, like, oh... Uh, if there's a character you could take from the DC Universe, put them in Marvel and make them work out just fine. I have one, and he fits the Marvel mold perfectly. Plastic Man. Yes, almost to a T. Started out as a thief. He's basically Scott Lang. Yeah, he's Scott Lang with better powers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Scott, I love you. <laughs> yeah, I love Ant-Man too, but there's like five of you. Yeah. But yeah, Plastic Man, thief. Uh, mm-hmm. And by the way, I, I want to say Morrison did it best when they were talking about how uh, Batman has this like interesting relationship with Plastic Man because of his villainous past. Where it's almost like, hey, Batman, here is a living example of redemption that you yeah. don't believe in. Like It's true. That you, that you don't help foster. Man, how many Plastic Men do you think there could have been if you didn't beat the hell out of them and leave them for the cops? All you the time. And- to make them better. And lock them up in Arkham, the worst place on Earth. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't understand why Joker keeps, like, becoming a... Joker's a, little, a special test case, but, like, I don't understand but why... Like Penguin and Two-Face. Yeah, if I lock these, like, these these tortured people who are clearly damaged in this lunatic asylum, literally, mm-hmm. but not... But, like, this is, like, a... It's funny, using terms that I would normally use to describe an asylum. Like, a ma- it's a madhouse, but it is, like, a... It's, like, a ar- archaic you know, Lovecraftian horror show. It's a hellmouth sometimes. It is a hellmouth. Like, are you kidding me? But, uh, but yeah, Plastic Man's, I think, a great example of a character, of a villain turned hero that I'm, I would never want to see him turn bad again. I wish they stressed that a little more. I know you don't watch the CW shows, but their version of Elongated Man, they basically split the difference between Plastic Man and Elongated Man and made him a detective, but also made him kind of a scummy, dirty P.I., not unlike Elo O'Brien. Okay, okay. Man, if you're so going to do Elongated Man, just do Plastic Man. That's basically what they did. They basically did both together. And I'm like, okay, that's all right. I wish someone would stress the like whole bad guy angle of Plastic Man. I, I wanted to get into that Gail Simone Plastic Man book. And to blow everyone's mind, Joel actually didn't get into a Gail Simone book. Wow. Mainly because yeah, I couldn't make heads or tails of the continuity on it. <sighs> that's a problem. Like, And you know what? People say continuity doesn't matter. But the reality is, if you're a reader of any length of time, continuity is the only way you can get your footing. It's true. Because, again, they can't seem to make up their minds if this is Plastic Man showing up in the DC universe for the first time or if he's existed before and they just never made up their mind during their whole thing. Because if you'll recall, Jeff Johns tried to create Plastic Man in the New 52 during, like, Forever Evil. Yeah. And And then then nothing happened. And then Snyder teased him all throughout Dark Knight's Metal. Nothing. Yep. And he doesn't... He shows up at the end. And, and he doesn't like, mention any of that in his solo book. No! Nor, nor does he mention the Terrifics or anything else. Nah. By the way, did you read, you haven't read uh, Fantastic Four yet? 
Not yet, but I've seen the cover for yeah, they it. They introduce a new team called the Fantastics. Yes, which looks cool. And isn't that like one of the teams uh, that Slot had worked with during like the 50 States initiative? Like those aren't the first time we're seeing these characters. Right. These are like reused characters. Yes, but he is also uh, making them look like the Terrifics. Yes, because that's a little like, ooh, you you ripped us off, so we're ripping you off back. Yeah, we're bringing your ripoff into our actual character book. That's fun. Kind of clever. I like that. Um, apropos Plastic Man, this is a character that I was very sad to see fall from grace, but went from hero to villain, or I'm sorry, villain to hero in a great way, was Clayface. Yeah, Clayface, what an amazing run he had. Tynan wrote such a sad, like almost Shakespearean tragedy yeah. for Basil Carlo, and he got to make friends, and like he was willing to give it all up to protect them, and just, oh, I'm getting teary-eyed thinking about it. it. Really, it, it was just great representation of when Tynan's on fire, that's oh, yeah. the result. It was, was, was a, the best Clayface story maybe ever. In a at least in a very long time, and just so so sad, and his relationship with Cassandra, which worked for her too, because she got some stuff to do, and it's yeah. like, hey, why do these two get along? Because she doesn't look at me like a monster, and vice versa. Yeah, I will say, what's it called? Uh, Clayface in the cartoon was the best, but uh, I mean, Ron Perlman. How can you fuck with Ron Perlman? You true. can't. But uh, but this is a close second, man. Um, Jumping back into the Super Chat chats just to make sure we, 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 we acknowledge everybody. Cam mentions Namor. Whether he's a mm. hero or villain, he's always a dick. Yeah. It's true. But I think he was always created as a hero. I think he started out as a hero and then just flirts with being a douche. Well, I know people argue that Namor might actually be like the first example of like a comic book anti-hero. It's like, hey, here's a hero, but you're not really supposed to like him. Yeah, because he's, he's a fucking terrorist exactly. for the most part. Taylor Pester, I, I love oh, sorry, God. I was going to say, and even now, Namor's like, I am a full villain again. Here are my defenders of the deep, a team made up of aquatic criminals. But also, I protect people, though, from my own team, though. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. And I'm also not quick to murder them. Like No. Guys. Taylor Petscher, uh, I loved what Rucka did with Cheetah in Rebirth. He gave her yeah. a lot of pathos and she, that she didn't have before. Too bad Snyder got rid of all that in Justice League. Yeah, there was some nice stuff there, Cheetah being like, yeah, me and Wonder Woman were friends, which is actually pulling from older Wonder Woman stories. And yeah, and like I, I wanted to be good and it's this curse that's tearing me up inside and making me bad and everything. And like, oh, you know, what if I could be good? Yeah, neat idea, especially because what are you going to do with Cheetah? Like, Not much. How many stories can you do with Cheetah? Um but There's been like is, five cheetahs. <laughs> but she will be in Wonder Woman 2, and she also has like – she's one of the most iconic-looking Wonder Woman villains she has. So The only one people know. She's the only one people know. So what else are you going to do with her? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm actually writing an episode right now of my show I did, Secret Identity, which I haven't had a chance to do because I've had so many goddamn single issues. I'm writing it on Cheetah, and man, is there a weird, wonderful, and interesting history of Cheetahs and all the different women's who have been Cheetahs over the years. That's cool. I know that, uh, what, it was an old buddy of mine uh, had a kid recently. Uh, well, yes, yeah, he's had two, but one of them was a huge fan of Cheetah, just really identified with her for some reason, and, like, got really into the Cheetah character. He's like, give me all the Cheetah stories you have, and I'm like, here they are. They're from the 40s. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, Heartless Fang, hey, guys, are there any characters remaining from the big two that you think would benefit from a flip to good or evil? 
I think that should be an episode on in and of itself as we talk about this more and more. Who, What characters could, would we give a shot in the arm by turning evil? I think Vision was one we talked about. Yeah, I'm glad we brought that up. That, that's a great topic. We'll have to do that. And soon, uh, because we're doing that in our current month's uh, rollout. Um, like Doctor South Park, uh, we're doing whole like seasons worth of ideas here. Like last month in October, we did all spooky ideas. I think mm-hmm. December we're doing redemption, just stuff we sh- we kept promising we'd do and never did. Mm-hmm. Doctor Fate, obviously, big shot in the arm by I think getting turned into a bad guy, and I'll even say Arno Stark in Dan Slott's new Iron Man book. No one was doing anything with that character. No one really missed it. Eh, let's make him a dark mirror to Tony now. Yeah, that's fair. Um, getting into our own list, of course, uh, we mentioned him been passing, but Hawkeye started out as a villain who then became a hero. Uh, has never really gone back. I think he was always meant to be a hero and Um. should never go back because Hawkeye gives you this kind of like temptation because he's Mm. the least powered Avenger, because he's only shooting arrows, because he doesn't even have the distinction of looking like Robin Hood. People tend to crap on Hawkeye. They do. And I think if you make Hawkeye cross that line and make him into a straight-up villain, you make him like cross that line, actually go like, screw it, and have this resentful reaction to, you know, the, the Avengers and to superheroes. I think you'll never be able to dial him back again. No, you won't be, because then it makes true everything that people have been saying about him forever. So I think while I while he does represent the villain turned hero angle, he's been a hero way longer, and I would hate to see him like go back. Same. I could see a fun story, too, if it like he pretended to be bad so he could go undercover somewhere being like, yeah, I'm restarting the circus of crime with uh, Swordmaster and my brother Trickshot. Heck, his brother Trickshot, who also was a bad guy who became a good guy again and retired from costumed life altogether. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. If it was double agent Hawkeye, Mm -hmm. I'd be okay with that. But as long as you didn't like great, you could actually you could grayson it up. You really could. You could uh, make it like the uh, the the Donnie Brasco of the Marvel Universe. Always know who your friends are, Clint. Hell, you call the book Barton. That way, it's not confused with. And you make uh, you make Kate Bishop just have the Hawkeye book if there that, was a Hawkeye book. Oh yeah, they make a whole big thing where it's like they fake a big falling out between them so he can go undercover. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be pretty dope. That's my pitch for Hawkeye. Let's yeah. let's get a Hawkeye book. People will read again, like right. Matt Fractions. Please. Uh, what was it? Um, Will I Am Golden, Rogue, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, and Hawkeye. Uh, Rogue came up in our previous episode, which go back, check it out. We do talk about Rogue at length. It's a great, uh, conversation. But Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, and Hawkeye all came up earlier, and I'm glad we got a chance to cross over there, man. Uh, great minds think alike. Uh, Kevin Little, not a true villain, but wasn't T'Challa introduced as an antagonist for the Fantastic Four of the Avengers, like Vision? And didn't Riddler also go good? (laughs) Riddler did go good for a minute. Yeah, Riddler did go good for a minute. I never really acknowledged it because it was like a, like not even a story. Like it was barely a length of time. It was very short lived. Um, I think that you could do something with Riddler and make him into a hero and do something cool with that, but like no one's ever done anything good with it. I did like Private Detective Riddler. That is a cool pitch. I wish they did more than. And again, ties into Batman's thing how he doesn't believe in redemption and how he'd always be hanging over Riddler's head. Yeah. Um, but apropos T'Challa, yes, he was introduced. Well, he was introduced in the Fantastic Four where he fought all of them to test if they were worthy enough to be able to help him 
with his own personal problems. Yeah. So he was an antagonist, but he was never a villain. Like, never technically yeah. a villain. He was always, like, a hero from his own perspective and from the perspective of his people. And even the Fantastic Four are like, oh, sorry. Like, oh, I see what you're doing. That was kind of a dick move, but I don't mm. consider you a villain. He didn't steal jewels. He didn't fight. No. He fought the good guys, but who doesn't at this point? Which, which, you know, is the complete, like, opposite of, say, like, the Punisher who was manipulated by the Jackal early on in right. his career by getting tricked into thinking Spider-Man was a bad guy. Exactly. Uh, Tevye Smolka, Jason Todd Red Hood, wasn't he a villain first? Well, he was a, he was a hero. And then he, he was a Robin a, first. He was a Robin, then he became a villain, and now he's back to being... Well, it was a hero turned villain. Turned anti-hero, turned... Anti-hero. I don't fucking know. Yeah, and now, who cares? I'm never going to pick up a goddamn Red Hood book. Why Why does Scott Lobdell have such a death grip on that character and on that series? I feel like I could like Jason if someone actually wrote him like a human being and not like a 13-year-old's idea of what a cool character is. I don't get it. I really don't. I, and I don't understand why DC doesn't just give it to some young, hungry writer. Yeah. That, I, I, I don't get it. And I don't know why they think that he needs to keep being a book. Like... Just because he was a decision that people who are currently in charge made back when he was a character doesn't mean that you have to keep putting out Red Hood books. Like, he doesn't need to exist anymore. Or at the very least, he doesn't need to keep being a book. But it's I guess true. the book sells, so we got to keep putting out books people are going to buy. The best characterization I think Jason Todd got was, ironically, by James Tynan for a very short amount of time in Batman and Robin Eternal, where they basically wrote him as like the uh, Raphael to the Bat family's Ninja Turtles, that he was the hot-headed guy who wasn't very smart because he never really went to school. And like he just he, – he was all heart all the time and he would just run into problems and try and brute force it every time and, no, and normally get beaten up for it. But he was like, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I shouldn't have ran ahead on that one. I'll try and do better next time. That's literally Raphael to a T. That's the closest he's gotten to actually being a pretty decent character. And I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing. You're just you're making him Raphael. OK, I like Raphael. I like this. I can dig right. this. He's the most popular turtle. What are we going to do? Why, why not do that? Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of more redemption, uh, did you know Falcon started out as a Red Skull henchman? I did not, actually. This yeah. sounds like something I would know. Do explain. Right. Apparently, when he was first introduced, he was, a, he was a bad guy, kind of, and was an antagonist to Captain America. Uh, wow. And then very quickly, like as quickly as Hawkeye or like Wonder Man switched over and became a good guy. But just like kind of cool. Holy shit. Just more that, of a footnote. That, that feels like something they should reference more. Was he under mind control? Was he being lied I to? I think he was being lied to at that point. I don't recall what the specific circumstances were regarding Falcon's uh, fall from grace or beginning. In, in, I think it was more like he was he was like a I think he was like a thug or like a you know like a like a street tough, and then Red Skull like used that to turn it into leverage it into a uh, a bad guy like. It's weird they don't reference that anymore. I feel like I gotta hunt that issue down now and see for myself. I know, I know. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about her, and I really want to because she's the cover of the episode, uh, Catwoman. Yes, yes, Catwoman. Talk about another roller coaster of morality from a villain to an antihero to a villain to an anti-villain mob boss to being married to Batman to being – I don't even know what she's doing now. I'm not reading her book currently. No, I'm not either. I read the first issue and was like, oh, I don't like this at all. Uh, it's interesting. Selena uh, almost like lends herself to being an antihero because, you know – 
her crimes were always so. It wasn't like she was a murderer. She wasn't a psychopath. She wasn't a. Like, no. She wasn't like the other bad villains. She just liked dressing up and kicking butt and taking money. And she did like, it for the kicks. Did it for the kicks and for the and for the money. And so like people went, oh well, I can't argue with that. Like I guess it makes sense. <laughs> and a lot of time they wrote her to be like, yeah, well, she's only stealing from bad people or, you know, she's stealing from people who have more than enough who are insured. And then they'll do it too. Where it's like, well, you know, she's also the protector of the street people in her area as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She was always in some way a protector or a hero, um, even if like, well, maybe not always, but she was very quickly retconned into that role mm. because there was no way they were going to like let that opportunity go away. Um, mm -hmm. apropos that of course I also forgot to mention and I should uh, where is she um, the black cat again same deal as Catwoman up and down Literal so many same things deal. like in an, in, to an embarrassing degree I might I might suggest like was also a mob boss for a little bit exactly. who was more of an anti-villain who tried to be a mob boss for good and tried to fix the mistakes of the old uh, guard yeah but yet never quite like reaches that level I don't know why Felicia doesn't get the pass that Selena does get Maybe it's so because weird because Batman and Spider-Man have such a such a parallel that like oh they also have like sexy cat burglars cat girlfriends that, teamed, that are that they used to bang that also started out as bad guys that then became good guys like it feels weird that, it like, does but it's also funny that like there for a lot of people I I've never heard anyone say it out loud but it's only more in the cultural consciousness no one's going no one's going like yeah Catwoman whoa, whoa, whoa don't forget Black Cat like everybody goes ah screw Black Cat like Black Cat no even though same damn thing. I guess Catwoman was here first, or she's been in movies and she exists in the zeitgeist more so. I think that's exactly what it is. But uh, but yeah, a black cat, another thing. Um, you know, jumping into the super chats. Sorry, uh, Taylor Petcher, uh Let me make sure I got that right. Um, no, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Will I am Golden Killer Croc to a degree. Do you remember the Killer yes. Croc era when he was a good guy for a little while? Yes, that was a weird era when he like got Arsenal off booze for some reason, <laughs> and then he protected the homeless children in his sewer. But like some writers forgot that, and he'd be a thug and a bad guy in other books. Yep. And then he'd be on the Suicide Squad, and then I, I haven't read Suicide Squad in forever, right. so I have no idea. But yeah, yeah, they very much tried to make Killer Croc a good guy for a minute. Yeah, just doesn't take. I think uh, the last good time you saw with that was probably the Injustice series. Yeah, you know, which again, you know, you talk about Batman villains who could be easily redeemed. You know, Waylon Jones is not crazy. He is a guy with a skin condition that makes him look like a monster, and he's been bullied and abused his whole life. Which has fucked him up to the point he lives in the sewers now. Feels like if Batman wanted, he could try and help him out. Heck, Catwoman helped him out when she was a mob boss. Like, hey, Waylon, you want to come work for me, be my bodyguard? You know, come and live outside the sewer and try and do, like, some morally gray but mostly good things? Yeah. I, it's such the fact that, like, if you read Earth 2 Batman Volume 2, he's just straight up a good guy. Like, yeah. just no, no time when he was a bad guy. He was just scary looking. But, but decent. Yeah. Never had a, never moonlighted as a bad guy. Great idea. Kane's world. I arrived late. So she was already mentioned, uh, here is, uh, here's some, here's some money, but I really like black cat when more sided with good, even if she is more of an antihero. I would, mm. ar I would argue that it's, like black cat has always been for the most part, a good guy. Like 
for the like for the most part, she is like she's less of an antihero than Catwoman. Catwoman has murder people. Catwoman yes. has like Black Cat got that way thanks to the Dan Slott era. But before she was a kingpin. Yeah. She was pretty much just a just a costumed event adventurer. Mm-hmm. And you know, and had a family connection too, because obviously her dad was a professional thief too, so she like inherited some of this. Exactly. Exactly. Where she's like, Well, hey, I didn't know it wasn't normal. That's just what my dad did, man. This is what I'm good at. What am I gonna deny myself the thing that I'm excellent at? Like It's my family heritage, it's my legacy. Yeah. Taylor Pester, even though uh, it might be ambiguous as to whether he became a hero or not, I like when Count Vertigo joined Checkmate. Yeah, that was also uh, a brief little moment there. I like Count Vertigo. I wish he would get used more in more things. Fair. He's a cool design, and he's a count. And I think he wears a cape. Boy, does he. Sometimes. Now now he's kind of got like this redesign thing where they had to keep some of the new 52 stuff where his like vertigo swirl is a tattoo <laughs> and, he, and he's got a cape, but it's more like a trench coat with a big collar and no sleeves. That's not cool. I like fancy dress Count Vertigo. Young Justice has a good version of him where he's just like slick European suit cape. Yeah, that's cool. That will work. Basically Dr. Doom. Right. Hey. Good. Uh, that's a good direction for Count Vertigo. Just make him into Doctor Doom. I'm surprised they haven't made. A, I forgot what his country is. It's not Lodbury. It's uh, whatever his country is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orange Pancake. Would you say the Hulk started off as a villain? He is a monster. He is destructive. I think he was always meant to be a hero that we like are that we fear. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I think I never think that Stanley and Jack Kirby were like, oh, make him a bad guy. <laughs> like, let's create a bad no. guy. He was just, no, I, I think that, I think Jekyll and Hyde, which is, mm. of course, where he comes from, is a bad guy. But I think that, uh, I think Hulk was always meant to be, like, misunderstood. Maybe not even a hero or a villain. More just like, he's a monster story. A force of nature. Yeah, exactly. And that's basically where they moved him back to now in Immortal Hulk, where it's like, yeah, the Immortal Hulk is kind of a bad guy. Banner is in a really toxic relationship with him that he just can't get out of. But honestly, it's like Immortal Hulk hasn't done anything bad. He's crushed some bikers and some meth heads who had it coming anyway. But by and large, he's just like, leave me alone. Yeah. I won't fight you and mess you up, Avengers, but you keep coming after me. Just leave me alone. Exactly. <laughs> I'm really only defending myself at this point. And I'm like, fair. Yeah. Uh, you know who would be mad at us for not mentioning him yet? Uh, this is a more recent change, and of course it's a swing back, but Galactus was a villain turned yes. hero turned villain. He was the life bringer for a second. Yeah, if you want to call him ever a villain since he was more of a force of nature anyway. He's just hungry. Yeah, he's just hungry. Like, that's the thing. Making him from a death bringer to a life bringer kind of, make, kind of cements the idea that I guess... The, the Marvel Universe considers him a bad guy. Yeah. But, like, I never considered Galactus a bad guy. He can no. be reasoned with. He has options. Sometimes he chooses. I mean, the fact is, like, the reason why he eats populated, like, areas is because they have more life force in them. It takes less effort and energy to eat those than it does to eat, like, more, less populated areas. My thing is, like, hey, he's an alien with his own alien morality and his own alien ethics. Right, exactly. So, you know, who? plus he's older than the Big Bang and yeah. is a, and, and, like, eternity itself says he, he gets a pass. Who am I to argue? And I if his harbinger it. is doing their job right, people won't get too screwed over by him. Exactly. 
Yeah, as long as these heralds don't go to Earth and get like all mixed up by your superheroes, we should be fine. Hey, hey, hey Norin, do your goddamn job, Norin. Seriously. <laughs> Uh, Joshua Wright says Medusa started off as a member of the Masters of Evil. That's right. Forget that. Cool. And she really does look like a villain. You know, when you look at like, especially the Jack Kirby designs. Yeah. She looks, she's supposed to be scary looking. That creepy hair and everything. She had a lot more black in her costume. Yeah, yeah. Which they need to bring back. Uh, also, Galactus was made good by the Ultimates. Also, cosmically, Silver Surfer and Adam Warlock. Yes. That's true. Good point. Well, I'm Golden Salads that won't get this, but Vegeta from D- Dragon Ball Z. I remember that Vegeta was tra- was was a tr- became a good guy. Like, uh, arguably, everyone Goku fought in that show became a good guy at some point. Piccolo, although that was arguably a different Piccolo because he was Demon King Piccolo, and this is technically Piccolo Junior. Vegeta, Tien, all those guys, Yamcha, even Oolong—they were all bad guys or villains of the week at one point. Yeah, I remember when Vegeta was like the biggest bad Goku had ever faced. And then finding out later that, like, he's just a cool guy who's part of the team now made me go like, what? Well, they keep doing that classic anime, I am your best friend, eternal enemy. We could only understand each other in the heat of combat. And uh, I'm your friend only because one day I hope to defeat you. Okay. It's very Japanese. That's, yeah. That's very, uh, that's very story anyway. Uh, Very much so. Two more. Superman Lex and Slade post-Lazarus contract. Again, man, check the description, catch that episode. We talk d- directly about those characters. We even bring up the fact that like Slade became a super speedster. It's a whole thing. Uh, and he's a bad guy again now. But he's a bad guy again. Uh, so is Lex. Yes, yes, they are. They did that pretty quick, didn't they? Flip those switches. August 2007, November 2018. They're both bad guys again. Those go. were short runs. It's true. Um, let me do a couple of lightning rounds here. Uh, Let's. Gambit. Yep. Started out as a bad guy, became a good guy. I think he was created always to be a good guy. Uh, his first appearance is obvious. He's supposed to be cool looking. He's too damn cool to not be a good guy. He's too damn cool not to be a good guy. Prowler. Yeah, what a weird history he has had from being a, another professional thief Spider-Man villain to becoming a good guy, to dying and becoming a clone, but being a clone good guy, and then no one cared because his book got canceled. He just disappeared into the ether. Well, plus Ultimate Spider-Man has a prowler, and they're trying to push that. So Uncle Aaron, yeah. Yeah, we got we got a... We, it made sense when there were two universes with prowlers, but now there's only one, so... yeah. Let's get rid of these prowlers. That sucked, by the way. Killing off Hobie Brown, like, immediately. He does one thing, and he dies, and it's like, that sucks. And it was such a cool idea, too, with Spider-Man being like, hey, I own my own company now. I can actually start franchising Spider-Man. I can have a Spider-Man in every city, and I know so many friends who would love to get a kick out of this. Hey, Obi, you want to be Spider-Man for a little bit? Yeah, oh, he died, and he's like, now he's just running around in 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 a puppet body. Sucks. Shit. Sabretooth. Yeah, another talk about a weird and interesting history from, you know, just full-on irredeemable villain to kind of anti-hero on, like, some of the more villainous teams to even, like, the Age of Apocalypse version of Sabretooth who has a friend in Blink and is, like, a little nicer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... I think the time when I remember him being a good guy was, like, Age of Apocalypse with like wild child oh yeah good old wild child <laughs> uh, i don't buy whenever Sabretooth is a, is is in the x mansion and he's invited 
it makes me sick. <laughs> it's, he's a murderer. Which, again, you know, I'm never saying he has to be on the main X-Men team. He can be on X-Force or X-Factor. He can be on any of the oh, side teams. I like teams. that idea. I like him being on X-Force or, like, that someone else thinks it's okay. But, like, friggin', like, Wolverine should never sign off on that. No, he never should. It should be a real sticking point for him. But shit, friggin' Dokken was an X-Men, too, for a minute there. F. Dokken. Uh, friggin' Dokken, man. Yeah. And uh, jumping into the Super Chats before we finally round out this episode, uh, Heartless Fang, one for Joel, the Green Ranger from the OG oh, Power Rangers. Yeah. For the record, I did watch the first two seasons of Power Rangers, so I am aware of the Green Ranger. I'm aware of the White Ranger. I'm surprised no one friggin' saw it coming. Uh, but yeah, uh, Green Ranger, also nearly every sixth Ranger following that. He started an amazing trend of Rangers who start off as villains before eventually joining the team. Did you like the idea from the movie that Rita Repulsa was the Green Ranger? No, I thought that was fucking stupid. And as a fan who actually cares about the canon, I thought it was even dumber that the first thing they do is like, oh, the Zeo crystal. Like, Zeo's its own goddamn thing. That comes next. You finish your Mighty Morphin before you move on to Zeo, damn it. <laughs> Although, also, it was kind of interesting, too. It's like, hey, what if Zordon was a Red Ranger? Because he kind of talks about how he was on a team maybe once upon a time that were like proto-Power Rangers that we never see. Plus... Cool. Plus, we never fucking see what Zordon looks like when he's out of the goddamn tube anyway. See, no, in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie from, like, 1996. Oh, we yeah. You get to see Zordon out of the... Out of the he's, he's a big testicle where I'm like, is that a blanket or is that just what his body looks like after years of being intangible? Yeah. He's just the worst. It's just a big gray testicle. That's true. Um, it's all fleshy. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm actually... I'm, I'm glad they brought up the Green Ranger. Um... What was it? Uh, Adam Groves, the will from Saga, from bad to good to bad. I don't buy it. The will was <laughs> never good. The will was a fucker. The will, <laughs> the will makes selfish, terrible decisions. Sometimes they're, they they work out for some people, but most of the time they don't. F the will, he's a bastard. <laughs> um, I, and, I, read, I read the first issue of Saga just recently, so when I get to the will, I will have an opinion. There you go. Looking forward to it. It's, it's only in uh, six more volumes. There you go. And, I got time. Yeah. And Taylor Pester reminding us, of course, about Bane from the Secret Six. Oh, yes. What an interesting journey he had. I, I love what Simone did with Bane in that story, basically saying he's Rocky. He peaked too early in his career, and now he has to get the eye of the tiger back because it's only been downhill. It's a great idea. It's, a, it's such a great idea. I loved the execution of Bane. It made sense, and it like, gave depth to a character that I hated. Yeah, and he got off drugs, too, which was also pretty admirable. It's like, you know what? Everything I've ever done, the Venom is not my friend. It's only ever done me wrong. I'm going to go through the DTs, and I'm going to learn to be strong on my own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and finally, on our list, Dr. Otto Octavius, a.k.a. the Superior Spider-Man. Yes. Is he really a hero, or did he just kind of go into anti-hero? I don't know. It's... I think he did the full gam, but I think in the final moments where he's like, look, to save Anne-Marie, I need to give up this body. Yes. I think that's the first heroic thing he does because he realizes love is what makes you a hero. Right. And that, like, technically Peter Parker is the superior Spider-Man because nobody else can be Spider-Man, which is a cool... That too. A cool acknowledgement that I've been saying forever, but, like, you know, obviously Marvel disagrees because there wouldn't be 12 Spider-Men as a result. We disagree, Sal. Yeah, we clearly do. 
But or better uh, yet, our our bank accounts disagree. Yeah. But Doc Ock being uh you know going from villain, basically going from like I'm just gonna take over my mortal enemy's body to I've learned I've learned the superficial lesson from him. I guess I will go through the motions of being a hero to learning to actually be a hero. And then, then kind of like rolling that back a little bit because that Doc Ock died. Yeah, so the one who died, or yeah, the one who learned all the lessons and grew and changed his character died. And we were left with the more evil backup version. Right, the one who didn't get there. The one who didn't fight Norman Osborn. The one who learned no lessons. Exactly. Uh, that's cool. That's a neat idea. Uh, and I, I think he's... I think he definitely counts. I think he definitely represents that 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 concept of, of hero yeah. turned or a villain turned hero. Yeah, especially because I think they're bringing back Superior Spider-Man. There's talk about it. He's in that Spider-Geddon. I have not been reading Spider-Geddon because no, I don't I don't have enough time. There's too many goddamn events. Yeah, there's like three goddamn X-Men books right now. I'm covering. I went from zero X-Men to three. Yeah. I I can't do all these Spider-Man ones as well. But yeah, they seem to be implying they might do something with them there. It's true. And you know what? Like that made sense because Superior Spider-Man sold like gangbusters. I'm shocked that they didn't keep that book going. When they could. When they could have, when the when the iron was hot, I'm shocked even more that they were like, let's put out a book called Superior Octopus, mm. which is the worst title I've heard in a long time. It's not great. No. Well, Does like, not roll off the tongue. I, I look, uh, yeah, it's a terrible title. It's a weird costume. He just looks like a green Spider-Man. There's no octopus in there. Stupid. Um, and a lot of people mentioned him. Uh, I guess I should. Kane uh, went from villain to hero. Uh, in a big way, he legitimately did. He actually earned his place, and I think that's really yep. cool. Uh, but yeah, so, ladies and gentlemen, we did it. We actually delivered on a part two of an episode here on Elseworlds Exchange. It's yep. a little longer than usual. We're, we're a little over time, but I'm very happy to say we did it, and I'm looking forward to this trend. Uh, we're kicking ass, taking names. We're not. We're knocking them out Hell of the park. Hell yeah. Uh, in the comments down below, let us know who your favorite uh, villain turned hero is, and if they uh, if if they work better as a hero or as a villain, I'd like to know. Um, Yeet. And so from that, we will see you guys next time with another episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us, Joel. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Always course, a pleasure, as always. And uh, we will see you guys here on Comic Pod. Make sure to like, subscribe, click the bell to get the notifications. And of course, if you want to hear the audio version of this show, check the description. There's all kinds of links, but also just go to uh, comicpop.podbean.com or just go to iTunes. It should be right there. Uh, it should be on Stitcher, but I'll take a look and make sure it's, it's there. But check iTunes as well. Uh, Thanks a lot for watching, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.